0: Okay. Hello everybody and welcome back to this week's episode of Honky Tonks to Stadiums. My name's Avery and this is my dad Jason. Hello. And this is where we tell you about how your favorite country stars went from small town honky talks to sold out stadiums. Woohoo.
1: Oh yeah. Okay, so we're 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 picking up where we left off
0: on Waylon the, Jennings.
1: Waylon Jennings. So I'm going to let you remind us where we left off
0: yes so right where we left off last episode waylon was on tour with buddy holly and buddy holly went on a plane with a bunch of other people and it crashed and they all died
1: buddy holly big bopper uh um richie valens
0: yep they all went on a plane they all died waylon was told by the company that they were on tour for to continue touring when they realized that no one wanted to hear just Waylon Jennings. They canceled the tour and um, Waylon is now unemployed again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I see that. I mean, he's just getting started by the time he was. uh, Oh, yeah.
0: um,
1: So, I mean, for I think the tour was, I I don't know what they're doing. probably just think people bought their tickets so they were going to show up.
0: Yeah, and that was the idea. And then people were there, and they're like, "Well, we don't want to see this random guy. We're not here to see him. We're here to see Waylon Jennings, or sorry, we're Buddy here to see Holly. Buddy Holly, Big
1: and, Popper, and Richie Valens."
0: yeah, we're here to see these people. And so they were really upset. And then the way the um, company had worked out, they had promised—I mentioned it last episode—they had promised Waylon, the other guy he was with, that they would pay for him to go back. To go to um Buddy Holly's funeral, and they refused, yeah. so he right. couldn't fly for Buddy Holly's funeral. He ended up he went back to New York, uh-huh. and he put the guitar Buddy's guitar in a locker, and he told Buddy's wife, and was like, "Hey, this is where his guitar is," and just gave it to her.
2: Right. Well, no, which I mean, is it's, yeah you know, he you could do. have.
0: Yeah, he could have sold a, it if he wanted and to, and,
2: and
1: yeah, not what yeah. A better giving it to his wife is the right thing to do.
0: Yeah, that's what he did. So Waylon, he's he goes back. He's returning to um. He returns to uh, K L L L K L L L. Ugh, that's hard to say. Um, to be a DJ again. Okay. And he's so affected by Buddy's death. I mean, of course he is. You know, they've, it's just horrible to hear what he is. He even talks about blaming himself. Yeah, it was a toss of a coin. There were jokes made between him and Buddy about the plane crashing. Right. And Waylon feels just incredibly guilty. No reason to, but he does. And it's survivor's guilt and all these things. So, while he's DJing, you know, everyone notices his performance is not there. He's not doing a good job. He eventually is kind of like, hey, you know, where's my raise? I've been at your station for a long time, blah, blah, blah. And they say no. And he's like, okay, well, fine. I'm gone. And he leaves. Okay. So, that happens. During this time, also, Waylon is married to his first wife
1: okay so he's got a job bringing home money and now he's gonna quit because he's mad
0: yeah he's mad and you know what he's mad a lot of this stuff has happened um and it's it's rough waylon as this point is married during this tour during this time Uh um his wife is maxine carol lawrence um, and their first son is born soon after all this happens in 1957. Their daughter is born, and then later on, their son, their other son, Buddy, and their other daughter, Dina. Oh,
1: so he's married for a while,
0: yeah. He was, they were married, um, they get divorced because he's a country singer. <laughs> This is sorry, not to be mean, because he's a country singer, they eventually get divorced. Um, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Have
1: anything to do with all the drugs and, uh, and anything like that? No,
0: right? that would be insane. So we'll <laughs> see how quickly he gets remarried. So he gets divorced, he gets remarried in 1960 to his next wife. What's he, do- what's Wait, he doing in 1962? And between this time, he's working at a competing radio station. So 1961, sorry, I scrolled down a little too far. So before this time shall while his children are being born, all this stuff's happening, his father-in-law gets sick. He's shuttling between Texas, where he's living now, to his um, father-in-law in Arizona. And he's... Working briefly at K.O.Y.L. in Odessa, Texas. He's still living in Littlefield, but he's shuttling right. between. He's working in Odessa. I don't know how far apart this is. I don't know, Texas. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Um, sorry to all them Texans out there. Um, But so during this time, he's working at this station. And his father-in-law is so sick where it's kind of like, okay. Well, they're traveling back and forth. They eventually decide to move to Coolidge, Arizona, which is where his wife's sister lives okay and this is where he he finds a job performing at the galloping goose bar where he was heard by a man named earl pern who then offers him a spot at the station kcky
1: so when you say performing he's just he's out there he's singing and doing his
0: yeah he's playing at the bar playing covers and stuff like that um And at this time, this is something that I find really interesting um, because I didn't realize how much um, radio stations back in the day were playing live music because he's performing and then he's being offered a job as a DJ.
1: Some of the other other, uh, um, folks we've talked to from that that era. Yeah. Talked about it from that era. I mean... um, Hank Williams Sr. I mean, of course, he was drunk while he was singing at 13, Well, 14. yeah, he
0: was, and he was on the street singing, but...
1: Still doing it live, you know, in the, on the, in the radio.
0: Yes. So, he is working there. He also is doing intermissions at drive-in theaters and in bars. So, he's playing there. I didn't know that there were intermissions, live performances yeah, they, at drive-ins. Well, back they used in to the day. Have,
1: and movies that used to always have an intermission. The movie would be about Two hours and maybe a little bit longer, and uh, you would go at the intermission. That would be the time you go to the vet restroom and then uh, get more snacks, be able to come back, get up, Man, stretch legs.
0: I didn't know that. I've always just watched the full in movie. Fact, in fact, I've always just sat note. there. I guess I'm too young and full of life and not old. When, and- I, when I was
1: when I was a kid, when HBO first started, we had it, and they would only Ooh. play like one movie at night. You know, you know, one maybe two movies. It was it was weird but there was always an intermission really yeah i mean you're paid to I watch always... a and then there'd be like a 15 minute intermission
0: i always forget that hbo is like an actual channel that you could buy on tv because i just watch <laughs> hbo max <laughs> so i'm always like oh right like it's an actual thing way, okay. way, way. i
1: mean this is back in the 80s so yeah had a very distinct great i don't
0: have any memories of that um because i wasn't alive
1: no you weren't even you weren't even a twinkle in your daddy's eye
0: (laughs) my mom wasn't even a twinkle in your eye
1: no that's
2: true
0: so he's performing a lot he does this really good performance at the cross keys club in phoenix and he's approached by two contractors Paul Pristo and Dean Kaufman, who are building a club in Scottsdale for James D. Musil, called J.D.'s. Um, Contractors, by the way, like, basically, I'm pretty sure it's implied, but basically, they're like, hey, we're going to give you a contract to play at this bar this night, this night, this night.
2: For, like, talent scouts?
0: Yeah, basically, but for specific bars.
2: Right,
0: okay. Not, like... A tour or anything like that yeah so well, they aren't like doing a it for, a, for or a, a label. label
1: they're trying to get people to you know play at a club or a bar or whatever yeah bring in uh, uh
2: clients patrons
0: so musel is gonna say he wants jennings as his main artist and he's gonna design the club around wayland, his act wayland jennings.
2: yeah okay wayland
0: jennings and wayland forms his band he calls them the whalers <laughs> I hate that name so much. It didn't
1: stick around for long.
0: <laughs> it did, I just I really hate that name. The yeah. Wailers. No. It just bugs me. Wailing anyway, and the Wailers. I hate it. I don't like a I don't want a, don't have a pun. Like Merle Haggard and the strangers. That's not a pun. He could have been like Merle Haggard and the prisoners. Well, I mean that's not a pun on his name, but it would work. Anyway, <laughs> I'm really like I don't like it. But his bassist is Paul Foster, Jerry Group is his guitarist and the drummer is Richie Albright. And they get this really big fan base. They're a strong fan base and Jennings develops his rock-influenced style of country music which is going to end up becoming outlaw. Yeah. And by like rock <laughs> influence, it's not like heavy metal, right? So just it's no, not at that this time, point. No, heavy I mean, metal. He this
2: was is blues get,
0: he was with. and rock and roll, and but stuff he, he like was that. touring with yeah. Buddy
1: Holly and uh, uh, yeah. the Big Bopper and and Ritchie Valens. I mean, I could see where that influence, their influence, would come in through into his music.
0: Exactly. So in 1961. This is also just about a year after his uh, last son from his first wife is born. In 1961, he signs a recording contract with Trend Records. And he gets a kind of moderate success with a song called Another Blue Day. And his friend Don Bowman takes demos of Jennings to Jerry Moss. Who is kind of well known at this time as a record exec, who's he, and this is when he's starting at a m records a and m at records. okay, so trend is like this tiny label, right? I don't even know trend. So this is a kind of a footstep. in nineteen sixty three.
1: And in that at that time, though, in order to get on the radio, you had to have a label, and you had to have somebody yeah. going and picking you to the radio stations.
2: In so order to get way. on,
0: you
1: could, you could just break in through YouTube or, uh, you know, Spotify or whatever,
0: or TikTok, like a lot of the artists are doing. And even right. now, though, a label can only do so much to get you on the radio. Yeah, yeah, but there I are know, a lot of artists was, who are signed who aren't on the radio. But,
1: but back then, I mean, you know, the label was key to doing everything. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So in July of
0: 1963, he signs a contract with AM that grants him 5% of record sales. 5%. I don't know if that was a lot at that time. I know he's got a lot of other people to play. That is a tiny amount. This is your art, this is his thing, and he's getting five percent that's
1: what happens to all of them you know when they're first starting off they have yeah. no money everybody has to front them for everything and yeah. so their first you know contract is always a crappy contract well not always i mean there was some decent you know if you were if you were buddy holly you know or richie valens they get good first contracts but you're waylon jennings you've been bouncing around for a while and you've been hitting the bars and now you get somebody who's willing to take a chance on you and uh, um, fund a bunch of things. Yeah.
0: And this is something we're still seeing today that artists are now fighting back against. You see Taylor yeah. Swift is now um, doing that. You know, she's had this contract. She gave away her masters. She didn't own them. And then it's now at a point where they literally would not sell them back to her. And I can go on an entire rant about that. and yeah, uh, I won't. So. I won't, but you know you're seeing that now, and a lot of other artists are getting screwed Plus, like, Michael over. Michael
1: Jackson bought the Beatles, and uh, yeah, yeah they're which is
0: collector. hilarious because the reason he learned about the about buying music and the amount of money you can get is because Paul McCartney told him to, never thinking that he would buy the Beatles' music. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean that's a big thing. A, at A&M, he records songs, the song Love and Denied, which is backed with Rave On. He records Ian Tyson's Four Strong Winds," backed with a song called Just to Satisfy You. And he follows up by recording demos of The Twelfth of Never, Kisses Sweeter Than Wine, and Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. And he produces the singles Sing the girls a song, Bill, backed with the races on. And by backed for our younger listeners who apparently don't understand what a record is, because I'm learning that I'm an old soul or something, and this stuff isn't just known. Backed means there's side A and side B. It's also a joke when people, like, say the B side of something that's, like, you know, normally deep cuts. It's not going to be a single. It's not necessarily played.
1: So the the long play LPs, those are the thirty threes, right? Yeah. And then the short play, the singles, are the seventy eights. Yep. And then they had a different one that went out really fast. I can't remember what it was. Because I remember having a record player. And you had the little. There's a the little thing you put in the record for your your thirty eights yeah. to play Versus, on a ra- yeah, record. And then you put the thirty three in, and yeah, I remember doing all Mine's that stuff. I'm
0: sitting on my dresser right now. <laughs> with all my records um so these singles are released between april and october of 1964 also to mention during this time he divorces his first wife maxine and he marries his second wife
1: because there's got to be some at some point here we know we we, i mean waylon's very well known for you know he's not an alcoholic but he had some issues with other uh, illicit substances
0: So we're getting kind of close to that. This is, his substance abuse kind of starts in the mid-60s. Okay. Around this time he's living, this is like spoils because we're not there yet, but around the time he starts living with Johnny Cash. And we're going to talk about this because it has a lot to do with another man who, well, Johnny is also known for abusing drugs. But yes, Waylon Jennings did not drink. Right or at all. His father was an alcoholic, which
1: which is kind of of ironic when you think about it. Mind blowing
0: thing. I remember I used to get in arguments with this guy who kept going, "Oh, Waylon Jennings is my spirit animal," and I was like, "Mm, "No, he's not, because I've met you and no." And I was like, "Yeah, did you know he didn't drink?" And he goes, "That's not true." And I went, "No, he didn't drink. It's a fact." And he was like, "No," and I was like, "Okay, just you know, never argue with me about country music." You'll lose. <laughs> this is a fact that people should all know. You will lose. I will win this argument.
1: Well, yeah, Thank I mean, you. they'll they'll eventually just tune out Avery because you'll just go on and on and on
0: and on. It's their fault for starting the <laughs> argument by saying something dumb they don't know about.
1: All right, so so in sixty-four, he he divorces his first 60. wife. He's getting
0: ready. to he marries his second wife in 62, actually. So, 64, this is all his recording. But during this, in his personal life, he's married a second wife. Her name okay. is Lynn Jones. And he adopts their her child from her first marriage. Okay. Named Tommy Lynn. I don't know why Tommy has his mom's name as his last name. I don't know if that's a thing but that is what happens
2: okay so it's
0: so he adopts his child this is something that's happened before um yeah
1: so now so 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 he's got this he's got this
2: um record deal
0: yeah he's releasing singles but a and m is focusing on releasing folk music at this time okay so they're releasing stuff by like um don't quote me on this john prine kind of folk music not like okay. there's still folk music today but like kind of that style versus Wayland's hard country because this is not just yeah, well, country I mean, that music time, you know,
1: this, this is, is mid-60s, hardcore mid-60s yeah that folk music was getting big you know it's um right before uh, you know the whole uh, vietnam war is just starting yeah, yeah. um we yeah. got people going over there um so yeah,
0: and so his music—he's getting a few regional hits in Phoenix because of local airplay, and they're all hearing him at JD's. So he records an album on Bat Records, and it's produced by James Musil and engineered by Jack Miller. Okay, and it's called JD's Way- Waylon Jennings on right. the front and then it also says Waylon Jennings at J.D.'s on the back. Why? Well, because JD I don't know. Is a,
1: everybody wants their name first.
0: Yeah, so after 500 copies are sold at the club, they press another 500 and they're trying to sell those, but these are only being sold at the club. They're only being sold at J.D.'s. Right. He also is playing, one he of those also decides to play me, yeah. lead guitar. I know, I want one so bad. If anyone has one that they're willing to give to me for free because I work a minimum wage job.
1: In California.
0: Shut up. I work where <laughs> gas is way more expensive than most other places. I'd be willing to take that as a gift. Just so you know, I'm putting it out to the world. If anyone has one of these, JD's, Wayland Jennings, Wayland Jennings at JD's, just look for that title. Let me know. You know, I'm available to take records from people that are historic. I'm right. willing to take it off your hands.
1: All right. So, so he's, got this, he's got this album, then trying to sell the second 500.
0: Yeah. He plays, he decides to play lead guitar for Patsy Montana in 1964. He plays on her album. It's a job. Then singer Bobby Bear hears Jennings just to satisfy you on his car radio while he's passing through Phoenix. And he records it. And four strong wins. And he stops by and he attends the performance, one of Waylon's performances at JD's. Uh Uh-huh. And he then, he goes, okay, so what, he hears this guy. He's already recorded this song. He loves it. He then decides to call Chet Atkins, who is the head of the RCA Victor Studios in Nashville. And he says, you got to sign this guy. He's got a okay. cool sound. This is a new stuff. We know about Chet. This is the guy we heard about when we were in Nashville. He right. um, was, when we took a store, we took a tour of the studios, Studio B at the, country music hall of fame just to brag i got a tour studio b at the country music hall of fame um anyway (laughs) just to brag
1: just just throwing that out there
0: (laughs) he had a great time as i read every sign that was there (laughs) and waylon is kind of unsure he's ready for it he wants to sign but he has to drop he, he has to leave J.D.'s, and he's like, well, I got a good gig here. He has a family at this point. He has five children.
2: Right.
0: He's paying alimony still. I don't know if you still pay alimony after the husband remarries. Yeah. But he's at least paying child support, He's paying probably. Support
1: if he's probably paying alimony unless his ex-wife
0: remarries. Unless she's remarried, which I don't know if she did. So he doesn't and know what to do.
1: Except for a, a, a specific period of time. It's not forever. It all depends yeah. on how long they were married. And how much money they made.
0: Oh I thought you had to pay it for forever. No. I don't know anything about marriage. We got like 20 years for that. So <laughs> I guess that would make him. Mean that I'd be 40. But still. So he's confused. So he's like what do I do? Well there's a local. Artist. Who is already assigned to RCA. Who he knows well because he's attended at JD's. And he he says, okay, Willie, what do I do? And of course I'm talking about my main man, Mr. Willie Nelson. And he goes to Willie and he goes, what do I do? And he goes, how much are you making at JD's? And Waylon tells him. And Willie goes, you should stay at JD's. And Willie's like, nope, you're making too much money. Don't go away. It's not a good idea. So he thinks about this advice. Then he asks Herb Alpert to release him from his contract with Uh A&M. Alpert does this happily. He's kind of like, well, we're not releasing it. Um, And he's like, okay, you don't have to do it. And Waylon ignores Willie Nelson, which was probably a smart choice to be entirely honest. And he signs to R.C.A. Victor in 1965. Okay. It's in August. That's a pretty big label at that time. That's a huge, huge label. This is the country label at this time. And then in August of the same year, he makes his first appearance on the Billboard's Hot Country Songs with the song. That's the chance I'll have to take. The next year Jennings releases his debut record called, which is like RCA Victor album, Folk Country
2: uh-huh.
0: followed. So he really followed by Leaving Town and Nashville Rebel. So Leaving Town is the record name. And it, it's kind of like, they're like, it's folk country, but it's really not. I kind of, Folk and country are something that we've also like within this past year. I've been getting really annoyed because people don't know the difference, and it's a there's big a thing. There's there a big, is, big, big and if you ask any folk artist, they will be upset with you if you label them country. <laughs> Peter like, Paul and Mary. Peter uh... Paul and Mary. But like even now, so there's an artist Noah <laughs> Kahn, who people know is a folk artist. Like he's he's like, yeah, I'm a folk artist. He's saying it, and then. Now, so. He's really awesome. I have tickets to his concert. I, 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 can, all yeah. I can
1: think of his Puff the Magic Dragon right now. So
0: no, well, so folk is like really big right now. So Noah Khan. but the thing is, is people compare him a lot to Zach Bryan, who we talked about. Zach Bryan's a country artist. People see seem to think that Zach Bryan is now a folk artist, but if you hear the sound, it's very different.
1: But even back then, no, I don't, I don't know that anybody would have confused Waylon Jennings with you know the, see, the this yeah. Uh, artists at the time i mean no, you're they, literally not talking at about all. Peter Paul, mary you're talking about uh, uh bob dylan and
0: yeah yeah you know, I mean, so... th-
1: these are songwriters but they're not country in any way shape or i mean dylan you might be able to no not even really dylan i mean he just no. had a sound
0: yeah i yeah no yeah so it's interesting i think people this is like a new thing. Folk is getting really big right now.
1: Kumbaya, my so.
0: <laughs> No.
1: Come on, that's no. the ultimate folk right there. It's all come together.
0: No. <laughs> no. Anyway, <laughs> moving on from that awkward moment of hearing you sing. Um Leaving Town, the album, results in multiple chart successes. His first two singles, Anita, You're Dreaming, and The Time to Burn Again, both peak at number 17. The third singer, which is a cover of Gordon Lightfoot's That's What You Get for Love and Me, peaks at number one, and it's Jennings' first top 10 single. That's a big deal. Yep, yep. I mean, talking yeah.
1: talking in the 60s, yeah. I mean, because right, that's top 10, that's on the radio, that's. Yeah, you're playing everywhere.
0: And this is becoming, so Nashville Rebel then becomes the soundtrack to an independent film, The Nashville Rebel, starring Jennings. The single Green River then charts on the Billboard Country Singles. So this is a thing with a lot of, you know, country artists back in the day. They were all trying to star in films. Willie was doing it. Waylon's doing it. Johnny's doing it. Elvis is doing it. Chris Chris Christopherson. Christopherson I mean, he He was a good actor.
1: He he made that crossover. Yeah, he did. Um, And then uh, who else? Uh, You had uh, um, some of the female artists too. uh, um,
0: Dolly. I mean, not at this time, but Dolly does it. Um, Reba's gone into acting, of course, way later, but yep. So 1967, he gets divorced.
2: Again.
0: Again. To Len Jones. And then, in the exact same year, he marries Oh, Barbara Elizabeth Rude. Yeah. Because, you know, apparently that's what we all do. Uh,
2: he doesn't divorce, like to stay he single.
0: He doesn't. But, you know, this is something we see with a lot of country singers. Where they don't like to stay single. Like, you know, this is the exact same amount of divorces as my main man Willie. Okay. Not Johnny. Johnny just cheated on his wives and waited for them to divorce him and then villainized them. But you know what? That happens, I guess. <laughs> somebody is still angry about it, and that somebody is me. Um, All right, even though so everyone else is fun.
1: he remarries. He's he's yes. now in Nashville. He's Mr. Nashville. He's
0: now in Nashville. He in 1967 he releases. A hit single, Just to Satisfy You. This is a re-release, I want to say, because we were already talking about this song. So he releases this song. And during an interview, he says the song's a pretty good example of the influence that working with Buddy Holly and Rockabilly music had on him.
2: Uh-huh.
0: He produces um, a new mid-chart album that has Just to Satisfy you on it And it does pretty well Okay He does a, a few other singles off this album Have good peaks The Choke and Kind peaks at number 8 And Only Daddy That'll walk the line Hits number 2 the following year
1: So uh, during this time frame is Is he touring or is he just recording?
0: He's Touring a bit But mostly recording. Okay. So he's doing some shows. But not very many. And I think that has to do with a little bit of fear. To be entirely honest. Last time he goes on a tour.
2: Right. Yeah. They
0: all die. Right. So there is that. Well. And
1: and to be honest. I mean. When we're talking about country in the 60s. mid, Mid to late 60s. I mean, the tours aren't going to be huge. Playing
0: big shows. Yeah, you're not doing big shows. There's no big tour. You're getting hits off of radio. Right. So, yeah. During this time, he's living in Nashville. His family's not. And he gets an apartment with a well-known singer, Mr. Johnny Cash. And they <laughs> rent an apartment together. Okay. Jennings and Cash are both managed by Lucky Moeller's booking (laughs) agency molar talent but they both have different agents okay and they kind of so they this is where like the touring comes in they're organizing tours but they aren't successful so it's kind of like okay and what's next uh, again what's next country
2: music is
1: there's got to be that there's this breakout point for, for Whalen that gets him to cross over into the bigger uh, audience, yeah.
0: right? Yeah. And they're, well, so they're waiting and they're waiting and they're waiting and he's getting really frustrated. He's paying for all of this stuff. He's paying right. for the accommodations and the travel of not only himself, but the people on his tour.
1: Right, right. I mean, he's, so he's yeah, getting, he's having a-
0: more and more into debt Eventually they say okay you're gonna do A bunch of shows And he's okay. always He's constantly going to RCA Hey I need an advance to make it to the next venue They get there Hey I need an advance And it gets to this point Where he's so frustrated He's doing shows that aren't doing anything great He Is then told hey Try this. It'll make you feel better. And this is when he starts taking amphetamines.
2: Oh, okay.
0: And this is going to continue for a long time, but it's because of this. And this is the same thing we're heard with Johnny Cash. When Johnny Cash was doing a lot of shows and doing all the stuff, people being, were recommending, this will keep you tired. awake. You're oh, yes, so exhausted. There's nothing. Mommy's little, mommy's little
1: helpers. You know, exactly. From stone, you know, I mean.
0: So this is when he starts doing it. And this is something that, you know, we're you see with a lot of these artists back in that day. That it's, it's anything to keep you in the grind.
2: Right.
0: And so many artists were doing it because they were being told by managers, by people in charge of the record label. Oh, this helps. This right. is fine. And I think that they a lot of times knew it was illegal because they did. but it it didn't matter yeah and he says later he says he believed himself to be kind of trapped on the circus of putting out a single going on a tour putting out a single going on a tour doing this and that because when you're touring at this time so touring has changed a lot a lot in the last 20 years right I'm going to give it a little, yeah, 20 years. I don't know when Napster came out. I wasn't alive. Um, it's changed a lot to the point where now if you, now you go on tour to make money and you sell a record to promote, and half the time you're selling a record to like promote a tour, right? Yeah. Back in the day, you made a record to make money and you went on tour to promote, tour promote, the, promote record. the
1: record. Yeah.
0: And it, it's well, not because that's how you get on the radio. And that's exactly go to a and different
1: city, go do an interview at a radio, at the local radio yeah. station, and maybe play a song on the radio. And...
0: Yeah. So back to Jennings in 1972, Jennings releases Ladies Love Outlaws, which is true. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying it's a fact. Um, definitely for Waylon, it's a fact. On third, Wife number three. Actually, sorry. I forgot to mention this again.
1: Oh, he got divorced
2: again. Because and then it's
0: happening so much. Yes. So he gets divorced again from Barbara Elizabeth. And then in 1969, he marries country singer Jesse Coulter.
1: Okay. So then he releases so. in 72, this, this big hit. They yeah, love in
0: seventy-two, outlaws. he releases "Ladies Love Outlaws." The single becomes then the single becomes a huge hit. The single "Ladies Love Outlaws" become a huge hit for the out for the name, and this is the beginning of his approach to outlaw country.
2: Okay,
0: and during this time. Waylon is used to recording with the Whalers, but now that he's learned that the name is dumb.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it
0: um, is. (laughs) And other reasons by being encouraged by powerful Nashville producers. He's starting to use a lot of local studio musicians. And it's now kind of turn, his music's turning towards the Nashville sound, which is okay. also known as country pol- politan, country politan. I would think of how to say metropolitan,
2: yeah. country
0: politan, which is very city. Cause Nashville's the city and this is kind of the, Hey, it's not normal country. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not yeah. you know, it's, It's nicer, and it's kind of the idea that everyone will listen to it. Yeah, and it 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 replaces a lot of the traditional country music instruments. The producers don't let Jennings play his own guitar or select what material he wants to record. And this is frustrating for him. He's like, what the hell, dude? And this is at the end of his recording contract. Okay. And... This is also so Waylon contracts hepatitis, and he is now sick and frustrated with the Nashville industry. And he thinks, if I am at this point where he's like, I'm just going to retire. He'll retire. He'll go hang out with Jesse Coulter. They'll have a better life. They'll he'll do something else.
2: Right. But then he.
0: As his friend comes and he says, you got to keep doing this. You're going to be okay. Why don't you hire a new manager, Neil Russian? And so he thinks, okay, well, he requests $25,000 in advance from RCA to cover living expenses while he's recovering. And then he meets Russian. And the same day, RCA sends someone else. He sends Jerry Bradley to say, hey, what about a?" $5,000 bonus plus a new 5% royalty deal with RCA, which is the exact same terms
1: he had with the D.
0: Yeah. So he reviews the offer with Russian and he rejects it because Russian's like, nope, this is not a good offer. This is the exact same offer you had before. You have more success. And that's the moment where he goes, okay, you're my new manager. Right which to me is a really good idea because I feel like you could hire a manager and they could tell you all these things and blah, 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 blah. This is why I'm good at But he has this moment where he gets to see the manager talk to him. And of course, I don't know well, if it's necessarily a so good manager, idea. It's but. in the
1: manager's best interest to get the better deal because he gets only the he manager's gets gonna get what, it. The, what the uh, performer gets. He doesn't get a slice of the whole contract. He gets a slice of the performer. So if the performer gets a shit contract, he gets a shit slice.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, Russian starts to renegotiate a lot of Jennings' contracts. At a meeting at the Nashville airport, Jennings introduces Russian to Willie Nelson. And by the end of that meeting, Russian has also signed Willie Nelson as his new artist.
2: Okay.
0: Jennings' new deal that Russian has taken includes a $75,000 advance in 19. in the 70s yeah, this is in a 72 body. and artistic control okay and Russian says to Waylon you need to keep the beard that you have grown while you're at the hospital because he's got this group beard he hasn't been doing anything he's you know been sick and he says this is outlaw this is what you need to do okay and it's gonna start this kind of idea in 1973, Willie Nelson is si- so Willie Nelson is signed to Atlantic Records. And he's based in Austin, Texas, and he begins to attract a lot of rock and roll kind of fans. And this is kind of where people are like, "Okay, this is where Outlaw is really being born." So
1: right. Austin's got a big they music scene
0: Res- so Atlantic Records is like, "Okay, well, where's our next artist? And they see Jennings, who has this outlaw vibe, who is stuck at this label, who is known for Nashville sound, which contradicts. And he goes, okay, okay, then let's do this. Nelson's famous. We know what to do with an outlaw artist. Come to us, it'll be better. And RCA goes, no, 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 Let's renegotiate. And they finally, they work as hard as they can to keep Waylon So this is kind of where this kind of new deal that Uh Russian had also works in, where he's like, okay, you want to keep my artist? Do this. Right. In
2: 1973,
0: Waylon Jennings releases Lonesome, Henri, and Mean and the album Honky Tonk Heroes. And it's the first two albums he's released under his creative control. And this is a turning point for Jennings. Not only is it commercial success and he's now he's had these big albums that have done well this is huge these are big albums this is success it's also kind of a healing point with music where he's happy where he's like okay i'm doing this
1: under his control he's the one guiding he's able to pour his heart into his music
0: exactly these are so successful his next out his albums that followed with This Time and The Ramblin' Man, which are both released in 1974. The title tracks both top the Billboard country singles charts with the song This Time. And it's become his first number one single. Then the album Dreaming My Dreams releases in 1975 and includes the number one single Are You Sure Hank Done It That Way? which is such a good callback to RCA because he's right. with this label who was tampering down his control. And now he's like, well, are you sure that Hank Williams, like the pioneer of country music would have done it this way? Probably not. So you should be better. And this is one of my favorite things because he releases this song and it becomes a heat, a hit later because I have to mention him in every episode. Eric Church releases a song <laughs> that's a it's a deep cut actually called um a lot of boot left to fill right and he released that song and it's similar but it's kind of eric is not outlaw country but he's an but at the time he was very similar with waylon in a lot of ways where he was writing and releasing a lot of songs that were like the label was like no no, no this will be a hit and he had to fight a lot to be like no let me release this song about weed and it'll do way better than any other song and it did right. <clears throat> so there was a lot of like arguing and stuff going on that to me is right. so funny and you look at it and uh, eric also did a cover of this song at a show that was a really big deal, because during that show he goes, "Are you sure Hank would have done it that way?" And then he goes, "Well, I know Garth didn't do it that way because it's the same year Garth Brooks beat him out for Entertainer of the Year and was caught lip-syncing at the CMA Awards on the same <laughs> night." And Eric was like, "Are you serious?" Because I'm on the Double Down tour where he literally almost died, and he played a hundred shows that year. Garth played seven. Anyway,
1: anyway, moving back anyway, to Waylon.
0: This so that album becomes his first to be certified gold by double RIAA, okay. yeah,
1: record industry or whatever. Yeah,
0: and it's also Recording. the first of six consecutive solo studio albums to be certified gold or higher.
2: Oh, okay. In
0: 1976, he releases Are You Ready for the Country? Are you ready for the? That's not him though. I was about to sing Are You Ready to Party? No, <laughs> which is. The other Hank. So he releases that. And Jennings wants to. Pro- work with an LA producer. Ken Mansfield. To record. But RC- RCA. Initially is like. Um, no. Why would you work? We're Nashville. We have the best people. Blah blah blah. And he goes no. I want to record with this guy. And so him and the Whalers, Because he's sticking with that name for some reason. Go to record with Mansfield in LA and Waylon pays for this whole thing and he returns to Nashville and he presents a master tape to Chet Atkins who after listening to it is like well fine I guess we'll release it because it then also goes number one on the Billboard Country Albums three times in a single year so it was also named Country Album of the Year by Record World Magazine and was certified gold. So anyway, this is a conversation called "Maybe we should listen to the artists."
1: Well, I mean, you got to. Also, during that time, all the artists want to do their thing, and a lot Would of those sh- artists were being yeah. guided correctly and yes. in, in a good way. It you had somebody like Waylon, who's been in the industry for a long time. You mm-hmm. just it took a while for him because it did. It, it's it took a while for him to get to a point of a while and three wives to get to a point where you know he's producing and you know part of that is the stuff that he he's he's bringing out that's what you get when you have life experience you start to yeah. be able to yeah. really get that into your music and into your songs right yes in
0: 1976 RCA releases a compilation album called Wanted the Outlaws which includes Waylon Jennings Willie Nelson, Tom Paul Glaser, and Jennings' wife, Jessie Coulter. Okay. And it's the first country music album certified platinum, which means it sold a million records instead of just 500,000, because who wants a 500,000 sold record? Me, I do. Give it to me. I would like that. Um, Anyway. And then the next year, RCA issues Old Wayland, an album that's produced the first duet. With Willie Nelson, called Luke and, "Luke and Bach, Texas."
2: Oh, I love that song.
0: <laughs> yeah. So this is a big deal. In 1978, the album Waylon and Willie follows, and it produces a single, "Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys," like an amazing song. I love this song. I play this song all the time when I do open mic nights.
1: Both of those songs, they both were bigger than just country. They're, the, I mean, yeah. Know, yeah. So,
0: Jennings later releases in the same year He releases I've always been crazy And at the peak of his success He starts to feel a little bit limited again Now he's an outlaw But he's now like well I'm an outlaw But I'm still in a category And he wants to do something else So he starts to explore different image in the song don't you think this outlaw bits done got out of hand claiming the movement had become a self-fulfilling prophecy in 1978 rca releases jennings first greatest hits compilation which goes quintuple platinum in the year 1972 let's go back to something earlier so we're going to go back because we just talked about a lot of success but during this time, Jenning is still abusing drugs. Yeah. In 1977, he's arrested by federal agents for conspiracy and possession of cocaine with the intent to distribute.
1: And that comes down to the the quantity he probably had on him.
0: Yeah. Yes. It's like a Willie private... getting
1: up with a reporter with, the, you know, for him, personal consumption, but was probably enough to sell to like 500 people.
0: Yeah. So, a private courier had warned the DEA about a package sent to Jennings by a New York colleague that contained 27 grams of cocaine. The DEA searches Jennings' recording studio but found no evidence while they're because while they were waiting for a search warrant, Jennings disposes of the drugs. Of course he does. Well, yeah. And this is actually mentioned in the song, Don't You Think This Outlaws bit has gone out of hand. Now, this is an important moment because it's during this time, not only is Waylon abusing cocaine, his manager is also abusing cocaine. Okay. His manager, who is also Willie's manager. Willie finds out what happens. So his manager is really smart about it, actually. This is some... Some secretive stuff. His manager does not send the cocaine to Waylon. Instead, he makes his assistant do it. An assistant's a poor little idiot who's like, well, I got to do whatever my boss tells me. You don't. Don't send cocaine, people. It's wrong. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: And his assistant gets arrested.
2: Uh, Of course.
0: And the manager's just like, yeah, sure, you're arrested willie finds out about this and says okay you're not my manager anymore
1: you can't trust somebody like that
0: yeah he's like you're no
2: throw, this is is also, under the bus.
0: yeah this is also during the time when willie has found out that apparently he's not been paying taxes for multiple years
2: oh
1: oh that's right he got he got so hit this hard. is
0: and he gets hit hard because his manager was like yeah i got it don't worry And Willie's like, dope, I don't have to worry about anything.
2: Yeah.
0: So that's kind of where you're like, okay, so his, so Willie drops him as a manager and hires the assistant while the assistant is still in jail. Oh,
2: wow. That's
0: pretty stand up, And the assistant is just so smart. While he's in jail, he starts to study law Uh and realizes how to get his sentence down. So he only spends three months in jail. Oh, good. But that's something that's really interesting. And then later on, Waylon hires the assistant as well. I can't remember his name right now, but Waylon is like, okay, yeah, no, this guy seems smart. So, yeah. Um, in 1979, Jennings joins the cast of the CBS series, Dukes of hazard as the balladeer <laughs> and the narrator there's only one episode that features him as an actor yep well that's they have the song wayland does the song for it. is that yeah mama's yeah. so that's so that's the song so he's the balladeer and the narrator and then he eventually in the seventh season plays himself who's an old friend of the duke family and he writes and records a song, Good Old Boys, which just is the boys. biggest hit of his career, of course. Never
2: seen in no harm.
0: Just selling alcohol illegally in the back of their car. <laughs> um. Anyway, no one saw it, but I just did a really great thumbs up moment. I always forget that uh, <laughs> you can't see me. Yeah, we're not cheering anyway, the video. <laughs> no, there are so many... There, see, you can see it, Dad, but there are all these boxes in my room because somebody knows I'm visiting Curacao and likes to send me multiple packages.
2: Well, yeah, multiple. You're
1: you're our our American goods mule.
0: I get shipments (laughs) every day, every single day. Everyone's like, Avery, you got another package. It's
2: good for your character building.
0: So it becomes Jennings 12th. So good old boys becomes Jennings 12th single to reach number one. And it becomes a crossover. That show, hit. Was, that
1: show was like a number one show. So it yeah. it's getting a lot of playtime, not just in the country music scene, but also, you know, across uh, all, all the other genres. Everybody else is listening to that. So,
0: yes. So now we're entering into the eighties in the mid eighties. Johnny Cash, Chris Christofferson, and Willi- Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson perform a successful group called The Highwaymen. Yeah. And this is also when he releases a gold album called World War Two with Willie Nelson.
2: Okay.
0: But, well, it's called WW2. So I guess it's World War Two, right? Because, but it's yeah. Waylon Willie too. Yeah anyway I sorry that's that's the joke anyone who's <laughs> listening um which is a big deal both these albums do really well i love the highwayman so much and the highwayman is a really big deal because it's got three of the biggest artists and a artist who's a big name in his own right but not the same way and he's more of a songwriter at this time chris Christofferson was releasing music of his own and he was in movies but, but he was mostly a songwriter at this time
1: well i mean your, your guy is a songwriter he was a uh, um
0: road he, scholar
1: he, road scholar star
0: athlete and yep, multiple sports football. army yeah. ranger um, he helicopter pilot um,
1: you no, know, I end up being a big movie star during the seventies. Yep. Some of the cheesiest movies and some really good ones. Uh, um, was it uh, not North Dallas Star Square. is born he was. with
0: Barbra Streisand?
1: Yeah, he was with uh, um, uh, the the uh, Convoy. Yeah, Which is kind of a dumb movie, but
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember watching. I don't know why you're straight. listening <laughs> it in his really good movies, but okay. Oh,
2: boy. <laughs>
0: 1985 Waylon's joining joins with the USA for Africa project to record we are the world but he leaves because he is angry about a some of the lyrics that are supposed to be sung in Swahili I don't know why he was angry about it but he was not okay
2: okay
0: he was like no um and during this time with his wife he has his first child with Jesse, he already has,
2: yeah, multiple
0: children. Um, (laughs) he already has multiple children, but their son is born in one thousand, nine hundred and seventy-nine, Waylon Albright, but he's mostly known as Shooter Jennings.
2: Okay.
0: And they and Jesse and Waylon nearly divorce because of his drug consumption. They're like, no. You're doing too many drugs. It's so big. He says that he has spent fifteen hundred dollars, or at least forty current estimation is forty eight hundred dollars a day on his habit. That's four thousand dollars and eight on four thousand eight hundred dollars. Yeah. No, that's crazy. Yeah. And it drains his personal finances, leaving him. in debt up to 2.5 million dollars but he refuses to let that debt go he insisted on repaying every penny and does additional tours okay but it's still not doing great His tours kind of deteriorate his work isn't doing well and it's just It's becoming so horrible. He moves back to Phoenix. To detox. But. He. He's like. Oh I'm going to detox. And then I'm going to use cocaine again. In a more controlled fashion. Because he's an addict. And he thinks that he can do it.
2: Right.
0: But in 1984. He completely quits. Because his. And he says it's because of his son Shooter, which is sad for his other children. In my mind, I'm a little bit like, couldn't realize that well, with your like did, seven he other start, kids. He didn't
1: really start but, that all that until after he's divorced and left those kids behind.
0: Well, I, yes, I will say he did not leave those kids behind. Well, what of, I meant was like that, yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 I meant just that he, he wasn't he wasn't in a, the relationship with the their mother. Or his ex wife yeah, at the time, that is, that is true. much later. So,
0: yes. Um, so, 1984, he officially quits cocaine. This is a big deal. Right.
2: He was such no, no a way. big
0: cokehead. Um, if you read Terry Jennings' book, which is about his life with his dad, especially uh-huh. his life on the road with his dad, he talks a lot about it in how his dad's drug abuse, not intentionally, but also led to a lot of Terry's drug abuse.
1: Yeah, no, and they I talk
0: I, you about. Grew, you,
1: grew up, you grew up seeing it, thinking it's okay, yeah. and seeing how successful somebody is doing it. You see
0: it all the time. And then on the tour, so he did a joint tour with Willie Nelson during this time. And there were uh-huh. two rules. Waylon's tour was no alcohol, Willie's was no hardcore drugs. Weed's right. fine. Of course, it's Willie Nelson. Um, yeah. It's Willie Nelson. Of course, right. weed's fine. But. That was their rules, but they shared one bus. Oh. <laughs> and on that one bus, anything went. Because there was like, oh, well, Waylon says this contradictory thing to Willie, so it cancels out. So they used to just go really hard. Right. And this is a time where, you know, Willie's son, Bobby, was also on tour at the same time. Okay. And this is around the time where Bobby is experiencing this. Later on in many years, Bobby would go on to commit suicide. Okay. Um, But this is kind of where these, like, things start with a lot of stuff for Bobby during this time. But I do 100% recommend Terry Jennings' book. It's really good. So, he gets mad at the weary of the world. He leaves. He refuses to do it. And his Record sales are decreasing. He then leaves RCA and he signs with MCA Records. His debut album on that label is The Wolf Will Survive. It peaks number one on the Hot Billboard Country charts, 1986. But it starts to trail off. He signs with Epic Records in 1990. And his album, The Eagle, becomes his final top ten album. He does a few I mean, other things. Span,
1: spanning like three decades of top yeah, ten. Yeah,
0: this is so much time. Um, slowly, stuff starts to happen. He does a few cameos in some movies. He goes um, in the movie Sesame Street Presents, Follow That Bird. He plays a turkey farmer who gives Big Bird a lift. And he sings one of the songs in the thing. He records an album of country songs called Cowboys, Sisters, Rascals, and Dirt, which includes Shooter's Theme, which is a tribute to his son. Uh His record sales continue to decline. During this time, also, the outlaw movement is not as heavy. You're getting a lot of female artists, Shania, um, right. Reba's around, it's different. Um, he makes another small appearance in the movie Maverick, starring Mel Gibson, Jodie Foster, and James Garner.
1: Well, I didn't know he was in that. I like that. Movie. yeah.
0: Just a small appearance. I've never seen it, I'm too young. Ha ha, no, you, you, it's um, actually a anyway, good
2: movie.
0: You'd like it. I, I probably will go and watch it after this. 1996, he releases the album Right for the Time in 1997, after the Lollapalooza tour he does, he decreases his tour schedule so he can spend more time with his son. Other things also are included. So he's like, oh, well, I'll spend more time with my son. He teams up with Bear, Jerry, Reed, with Bear, Jerry, Reed, and Mel Tillis to form the old dogs. They recorded a double album with songs by Shel Silverstein. If you don't know this, Shel Silverstein is an amazing poet. He also wrote the song Boy Named Sue by Johnny Cash. And my yeah. personal favorite song of his is the song Sylvia's Mother because her name is Mrs. Avery. And basically the song's <laughs> about me and I now have to name my child Sylvia, I guess. <laughs> and he, Even
2: if it's a boy. It's really
0: upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's a boy, his name has to be Sylvia. But a lot of stuff happens. There's decades of excessive smoking and drug use that takes a toll. He already had hepatitis. And right. after he, and he has a poor diet. This results in him developing type 2 diabetes. In 1988, he start, he ends cocaine, but he, he, so he stopped cocaine. But he also, you know... Was smoking a pack of cigarettes every day. Yeah. He stops doing that, but he's still smoking quite a lot. The same year, he goes heart. He undergoes heart bypass surgery. Right. By two thousand, his diabetes has worsened to the point that he can barely walk. Oof. And he has to go surgery to improve his left leg's blood circulation so this is why he this is another big reason why he can't tour in december of 2001 his left foot is amputated jeez and then on february 13th in 2002 about two months after his foot is amputated Jennings dies in his sleep due to complications of diabetes at his own home in Chandler Arizona he was 64 years old wow that is so young yeah and I mean it's not as young as some people but you know I work in an old folks home and our youngest resident is only in his 70s right
2: so
0: it's really just looking at it and yeah He's really young. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's a little sad. He's lived a lot of life, but his son's still young at this point. Right. Not very young, but still young. Um, yeah. And his memorial service that was held on February 15th, Jesse Coulter sings Storms That'll Never Last. This is amazing. Um. But that was Waylon Jennings' life. You know,
1: his, yeah. But. All right. Well, that's,
0: that's, anyway, it's a pretty yeah. impressive
1: uh, string, and, uh, you know, of uh, hits. And well, like, like I said, you know, over a period of 30, 35 years, yeah. having multiple number one records, you know, going from, you know, I mean, Starting off, you know, you're like a backup band for Buddy Holly and and the Big Bopper, who were two of the biggest names back in the, six, in the late '50s, yeah. early '60s, or up until 1960 when the plane crash happened. Um, so you're there, part of that group, and then you sort of fade back again, and then have to come back out of out of that, and then you know. Yeah, and it's.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's an impressive.
1: Uh, it's an impressive tale.
0: An amazing career with one of the greatest legacies in country music. When you talk about country music today, you still talk about Waylon Jennings. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. see him everywhere. You know, he's mentioned in a million songs. He, You look at any artist from Texas, which is making yeah, a huge Texas Waylon, country is a huge thing. You know, they still talk about him. So, yeah, right. Waylon is Waylon is amazing. And yeah. he was so important to the outlaw country music country you know success which i honestly think is one of the reasons why country music has stuck around so long i mean mean, to say every genre has
1: he he brought it he he got goes from being you know the like the like you said the country politic you know going more and bringing out that studio sound but then taking that studio sound and and giving it back and taking it back to you know sort of his roots in a in a in a way of uh Singing and, and bringing it back to, you know, what country's about, which is telling a story or about the average guy or about the average thing that's happening, not about, you know, you know
0: what
1: I mean? Yeah. One reason I've always liked it is about, ball- I love the old country ballads. I love, uh, you know, me too. Those, those songs, you know, the, the songs that are telling a story. Exactly.
0: That's what, that's what
1: you, want, you know, and uh, that's to me, that's what I would, you know. I can't dance for crap, so uh, you know it's not like I'm gonna go do the two step. <laughs>
0: yeah, I inherited your dancing skills. So yeah, that's what I always say about country music is when people ask me about it, and I say country music is storytelling. Yeah, that's what yeah. it is, that's what it's always meant to be. Right, so right, right. um yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Um yep. tune in next time. We're gonna talk about Reba McIntyre, which I'm really excited Reba. to do. Reba. Yep,
2: that would be good.
0: So see y'all next time. Uh,
2: Bye. After.